Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Welcome to the Next Best Theater podcast. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the landmark rock musical Rent in honor of the 25th anniversary of its Broadway opening, believe it or not. Uh, I'm Cody Derricks, and here with me today are Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. Dan Bayer. Only thing to do is jump. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Casey Lee Clark. (laughs) December 24th, 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and Laura LaMagna. <laughs> Light the candle. <laughs> the instructional introduction there. <laughs> yep. I missed out on that <laughs> memo. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have prepared better. Day. <laughs> I thought about having us all say our favorite little shout out from Lovey Bohem, and mine was going to be to oh, yogurt. Cool. Because I think that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> because I yoga, that's to yogurt, to rice and beets and cheese. Nope, just just to yogurt. Just, I think just to yogurt. Just to the point. <laughs> I love that. Now I have to. I mean, now I do have to figure out what mine is. <laughs> right. Well, I was gonna say you can't. Yeah, no wait, cheating. No. Nobody can oh, say no, it's on time. Wait, 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 wait. No, we have to do it again, but we each have to say part of the order. <laughs> you order, do an order. Like, in order. Rice, beans, cheese. No, 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 no. The food. Oh, buy me so soup for a seaweed salad. <laughs> yeah. <for some> burger. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I played the waiter in college. I know it. <laughs> oh. I love that. Anyway, wow. that is the part of the song that took me the longest to memorize. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, like I said, we're here to talk about Rent, a musical that I personally uh, have a strong bond to. I want to kind of start with because it's a, a musical that I think people really tap into more than I think most shows on a very personal level. You know, a lot of people's reaction to it isn't even necessarily to the strength of the material, however strong or not they find it. It's really to, and maybe I'm just extrapolating here and speaking of personal opinion, how you relate to it personally, what it brings to your life and how it changed your life if it did. So let's let's go around and talk a little bit about what the show means to us, our personal experience with it, and how we look at it today. Daniel, would you like to start? Ha, age before beauty, I see. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I am happy to start. I 
was in middle school when Rent uh, made the leap from off-Broadway to Broadway. And it was the, like, immediate thing. You know, like, I mean, classes in my middle school and high school would go to see this show. And, like, before that, it was pretty much, you know, if there happened to be a any musical or play on Broadway that had some historical relevance, like we would go to see the diary of Anne Frank or 1776, you know, and, but rent was not that, you know, rent was, I actually think it was like the first rock musical that I ever listened to or saw, which is weird to think about, but like, I don't know, I was young and it was the 90s. Um, and I remember hearing it for the first time and just being shocked. Like, broad, Broadway did not sound like this in my in my head. You know, this was just completely different. Like, this was what I would hear on the radio. You know, this was not show tunes. This was, these were pop songs. And it was the first real, like, modern show that I felt like I knew because of that, even though it takes place in the, you know, 80s, early 90s. Um, And yeah, I just, I love it. I have a really, really strong bond with the show. Like, the more I have grown up, the more I see the flaws in it. But I still, whenever I hear any of the songs from it, I'm like, I rush back in time to when I was a teenager and hearing it for the first time and seeing it for the first time. And just like, I still get that rush of, oh, hell yes. Every time I listen to anything from this show. It is interesting that you say that it feels like probably the first rock musical you experienced because I, I'm going through my head real fast and I really can't think of a show since before Rent, Hair, that really captures the actual contemporary sound and also what's actually going on in the real world on stage in a way that's not like cringy, you know, arguably. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of stuff that tried to do that in the 80s was like Flop City. So it, it makes sense that that was like the first time you and also Broadway had that interaction. Yeah. Well, and also like it was the first time that I think we saw characters this diverse in a musical like there was every shade of skin and every shade of sexuality represented and it you know it was really looking at contemporary life in a way that i don't think any musical really had before that and because of that it really tapped into a lot of youth like i think anyone who was born between like probably 1980 and the uh, the early 2000s like this is a core musical for them because of how much it tapped into what we were feeling around the late 90s early 2000s totally yeah uh casey how about you yeah i think my introduction to rent um rent is as old as i am so that means i'm turning 25 this year (laughs) um I think my introduction had to have been like being aware of seasons of love. I think even as like elementary middle school, like I think that was like a musical theater song that uh, crossed over, if you will. Um, but then I think I like became more introduced as to rent as a musical from like 
hearing girls do take me or leave me at cabarets. And then I think I saw, I watched the movie and I think I was too young to understand whether it was good or not. Um, I just remember being <laughs> like, this is too brightly lit. Um, yeah. But then I think in high school, I finally like listened to the soundtrack and it was never a show that was like my absolute favorite, but it was also never one that I disliked. Um, I think if anything, the more time has gone on and I've like known more shows and just grown up, the more I've liked it. My roommates in college were a big fan of the filmed from Broadway um, version from 2008, the final uh, performance on Broadway. Um, and I think seeing that also gave me a new both understanding of the show in general and also just like an appreciation for it. I think it's just one of those shows that I get song random songs from it stuck in my head a lot and we'll go and listen to them, but I don't listen to the full album that much um, outside for preparing for this, but it's a show that I still really like. I think I just never outside of certain songs, it never fully grasped me the way that my very favorite shows do, but I still really like it. I love it. Uh, Lauren, any thoughts from you? Well, as the NBT baby of the group, um, I was not alive when Rent started in New York City. I was a little, little baby. And um, I think my parents went on a date to see Rent, actually, when it went to Broadway. So that's, like, always fun when my mother's like, I saw the original company of Rent. <laughs> but um, my introduction to it was really mainly um, Seasons of Love was, like, the go-to song for every graduation or like musical theater class that all the little kids sang we didn't really know what it was about we're like what are all these numbers like what do you mean what's coffee i don't get it <laughs> and they would always try to like say <laughs> we're like seven and like we don't really understood it stand it but then as i got older and i start to understand you know what the show was about um the movie came to me in some way shape or form i think it was on netflix at one point and I remember really liking it. And then when I went to high school, I went through what I call my rent phase. And I feel like every single theater kid goes through a rent phase where they're just really angsty and really angry. And you're starting to understand what's going on with life and what life means. And you kind of identify with, you know, some of these struggling artists and just the sense of community becomes more important to you. And that's where I think the show really succeeds. And that's where... I think it's nice. And yeah, I do enjoy the show. I never saw it in person, which sucks when you're, I guess, the baby and you're 10 when the show closes on Broadway and your parents think that it's not appropriate. But it's okay. But I do enjoy the show and I think it has great messages. And I think it's one of those shows where, you know, the older you get, the different messages you'll get from the piece and from specific songs individually. And it's one of my first experiences with um lgbt characters so i think that's like important for like kids to see that and like learn about that and i'm glad that this was here for me to kind of scratch that i guess wonderful i'm glad i scratched that for you too hello and welcome to novel conversations a podcast about the world's greatest stories i'm your host frank lavallo and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. 
subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. Uh, finally, Nicole, what do you have to say? So the thing about me, and I think maybe the key to understanding who I am as a person, is that whenever I went through my angsty phase in high school, I wasn't one of, like most theater kids go through their angsty phase and they listen to Rent or Spring Awakening or both. Uh, and I listened to Les Mis and Next to Normal. So I never yeah, had a out. rent face. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's who I am, right? She is so, that boop. <laughs> but my first exposure to rent was uh, Seasons of Love being sung at my eighth grade graduation. Seasons of Love is to this day one of my least favorite musical theater songs of all time. <laughs> oh, no. Because I've it only ever heard it. Yeah, I've only ever heard it like weird scenarios. So by the time you, I see it in the show, I'm like, oh, can I be done with this damn song? Uh, and then otherwise, like a lot of my experience with Rent actually comes through school. I remember we studied the La Vie Boheme scene in my like 10th grade English class. I do not remember the context of us talking about it, <laughs> but I do remember writing a paper about it. Uh, and at that point, like, I'd never seen it. I, I, that was the only thing that I knew from Rent. And then I studied it in my history musical theater class that I took in college. So Rent is one of those shows that I really do appreciate for its history and for what it has, you know, what it meant for Broadway and what a, a really big sort of shift it brought about in theater. I saw Rent for the first time. I guess it would have been, oh my God, I'm trying to think. Uh, either very late 2019 or early 2020. It was one of the last shows that I saw before everything shut down. I saw the national tour uh, in in Durham. And I was like, oh, this is what Rent is. Because <laughs> I was familiar with a lot of the music, but I'd never actually seen the full show. I'd seen bits and pieces of the movie. And earlier today, I watched the movie for the first time the whole way through. And the thing for me with Rent is it's not a show that I super connect with, um, particularly like musically, it's not a show that I connect with super well, but it does have a handful of songs that I really like. And also I've never felt more seen than when Joanne says or sings, I guess, I make lists in my sleep. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's one of those shows that like Casey, like, I don't think I will ever listen to this full album the whole way through again, but... The amount of times I'm walking around my apartment and catch myself singing one song, Glory, kind of weird. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad somebody is representing the Joanne Hive, you know, for the show. I feel like <laughs> maybe it's not me. one of the characters that usually gets posters on walls and such. So it's look, good we for you. stand a queen who gets shit done. Okay. <laughs> uh, as for my experience with this musical Rent, so uh, I feel like Rent and I have kind of hand in hand walked into adulthood together in a way. I first got introduced to it when the movie came out, not because I saw the movie, but because a friend of mine who we were both really into musical theater saw the movie and loved it and brought the cast album to me. And I was just like, yeah, no, this is the thing I'm going to be obsessed with for probably the next three years of my life. Thank you very much for giving that (laughs) gift to me. And I went on to see it three times on Broadway. I uh, saw the closing cast like two days before it closed and then felt the need to also then go see the closing performance in a movie theater like i hadn't just seen it but whatever and the thing about this show is the score really i think is kind of like a a, a truly electrifying for lack of a better word for you know a a very amplified show Uh, and the actual content of the show is something that is very near and dear to my heart uh i've expressed this on the show before but this was the very first time that i ever saw queer characters reacted to and a part of uh, the other characters in the show's lives and have it not be commented on or even acknowledged beyond the necessary acknowledgements. You know, when Angel walks in the apartment for the first time, it's nothing but excitement about this new friend who's arrived in their life with handfuls of money and nothing about what are they wearing. There's no question about their gender expression. They just are. And the same with the way that the Collins Angel romance is um, portrayed. There's a you know a very tender love song ending with a kiss, and it's just treated like any other couple in musical theater, and which is hilarious given the you know the the proliferation of uh, gay influence in musical theater. But as we expre- expressed on our queer theater episode that we did about a year ago for Pride, mm-hmm. that's rarely reflected until fairly recently. Uh, on the actual stage instead of just behind the scenes. So, you know, as a young gay man, seeing that was really important to me, not because I I was ever really scared of coming out, but just seeing it treated as (laughs) nothing special, which makes it sound lesser than what it is because, you know, I, I I love being queer and (laughs) it definitely is a special thing, but to see it treated in the way that the musical treats, it was really kind of necessary for me and you know when i first heard the album when i was like 14 or so i was definitely in the closet and by the time i'd seen the show less than a year later i was not so i think that kind of just goes to show the importance of the show to me and i know personally and just you know anecdotally a lot of people who've had very similar experiences no matter what their queerness is or how their relation to the characters in the show is it kind of really does serve as a bridge between the stage and real life which is i think kind of what we can hope the best art to do. So it's absolutely not a perfect show <laughs> and we can get into it. But I, I think there's something undeniable about that impact on people and not say that art is only measured by the reception of the art, but that isn't not important to the story being told. And it helps that this show kind of fucking rocks. So that's my uh that's my experience with rent i've i've seen like i said i saw the show three times i saw the off-broadway revival i was in it in college which i highly recommend if you get the chance to be in the show it is 
damn fun. Even just in the ensemble, it's a fucking blast. So, yeah. Um, I think a great way to explore this show, which, is, as you know, we know, it's a, it's a rock opera. It's sung through. There's a lot of fucking music. There's a lot of songs. And there's a lot of story because it's based on an opera. And it is, in many ways, its own sort of opera. So I think a fun way to explore the show would be to go through the eight main characters and kind of talk about them and their relation to the story and their best moments, their best songs, the moments we like. I think that would be kind of a helpful guide through the show. I remember when the show was on Broadway, it was so hard to follow if you weren't already memorized that in the playbill there was like a web of the characters (laughs) and it was like mark used to date maureen who is now joanne and it was the actor it was whatever show you were whatever cast you were seeing it was that current cast's headshots and it was like this is mark they live with roger roger is into mimi because it is i love that yeah which i kind of hard I kind of think more shows should do that, but I think <laughs> I, I like the awareness of like, okay, we just need to, because it, the, the show just jumps the right fuck into it. And it's just like, mm-hmm. there's tossed off lines about relations here and there. So I, I think it's um, helpful to <laughs> go through it like that. But I actually kind of like the fact that it is so familiar and there's no, you know, mm-hmm. nobody sits down with a big I want song that says their name a million times in it. There's no townspeople singing Mark's name. You know, it's it's very just... <laughs> This is the group, and we're going to just go along with it. Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full podcast on the 25th anniversary of Rent, along with a special interview with the musical star, Anthony Rapp, here on the Next Best Theater podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella. In order to get the full podcast, you will have to head on over to our Patreon under Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this podcast along with other exclusive podcast content from us. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and we can be subscribed to anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. If you're feeling generous, head on over to Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a review, rate us five stars, drop us a comment, let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.